This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. We have a special guest in studio. I think this is our youngest guest we've ever had. <laughs> she doesn't have Officially. a microphone, but Thankfully. she wanted to come and join us today. Kirsten, did you want to say hello? You can say hi. Do you want to say something in the microphone? Okay, you say something in the microphone. Say hi. Oh, now you're going to be nervous. She loves to come downstairs and play podcast. She sits in front of the microphone and messes with all the buttons. But we have a special episode today. Jesse, you're looking a little Old? older, grayer. Um, yeah. You had a big, not like a big, big birthday, but a big birthday. A big, big birthday. I feel like it's like a decade birthday, you yes, know, but yeah, yeah. you had a big birthday because you're officially two years older than me right now. I, so yeah. we need to make sure to you know rub that in, but you turned 42. And so I thought this episode, it would be fun for us to kind of turn the tables and me interview you a little bit. And we're going to talk okay. about some things that you've learned this last year. I feel like you have so much wisdom to bring to the table and I do a lot of the talking a lot of the time. So I'm going to try to Hold that back. They do and say that listen. Wi wisdom comes with age and gray hair, so or no hair. But first, let's start the podcast the way that we usually do. 
And that is talking about what's saving our life and the books that we're reading. We haven't actually done an episode, you and I, for a little while. Mm -hmm. So we hopefully have some book updates. Jesse, do you have any book updates to share with us? Well, I do. Um, I am reading... Just a moment. We just took a little break to hopefully get the toddler situated. We have two sleeping children and one non-sleeping children. And she just keeps being like, mom, dad, come look, come help me with this. You want to play with me? So we're still working on learning to entertain oneself and what, let's be quiet so mommy and daddy can do a podcast. We'll play with you in just a little bit. But okay, Jesse, your book. That so you're here uh, a little while, if. People are regular listeners of the podcast know that I had uh, started doing 75 hard here a couple of times over the past year and some things came up, wasn't able to actually do very well at it at all in hindsight. But one of the things I took from it was the, the reading discipline. And because as a part of the program, you read 10 pages of a, a nonfiction book. So it got me reading, believe it or not. Uh, nonfiction books. So here recently I finished up the uh, book Fortitude by Dan Crenshaw. It's an uh, amazing book. Um, it's more so, I know he's kind of a political lightning rod, but it, it's actually more so about mental fortitude. And if anybody uh, knows his story, he was uh, shot in the eye in, I believe it's Afghanistan. And he talks about how he needed the the mental fortitude to get through that situation uh, with his eye and the treatment and, and basically how that concept of mental fortitude can impact all of your life and, and decision-making and you're having your own know, personal convictions and, and internal strength. Um, so that was a good book. Um, the other book that I started reading, it was called uh, people are the mission uh, by Danny Franks. I've never heard of him. Maybe somebody that's well-known, I don't know. But it is about serving in the church and what your focus should be uh, when you are providing services in the church. So it's been pretty good so far. Um, we'll see. I've been about a quarter of the way through it. So, Well, I'm reading a book that is very outside of my normal but if someone recommended this, I asked a number of months ago on Instagram for clean fiction that was very engaging and well-written. I struggle to find fiction that is very engaging, very well-written, and also clean. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean not a lot of graphic sex scenes, um, preferably not a ton of language. Um, I just don't want to fill up my mind with all of that. But mm -hmm. So there were a lot of suggestions given and I went through the Libby app and just put the ones that were available, put them on hold. And this one was called Remarkably Bright Creatures. It's by Shelby Van Pelt, I believe. And it opens up with an octopus sharing their perspective of being in captivity. And I was thinking, <laughs> okay. I don't think I'm going to be listening to this, but I'm so glad that I kept listening because... Was his name Dave by any chance? His name was not Dave, like in Penguins. Um, it 
His name was Marcellus. Yeah, you like penguins a lot, don't you? His name was... You like to watch penguins on the big TV, don't you? You like Dave, too, right? And you meandered back in here again. Yeah, he's an octopus, right? I'm reading a book about an octopus. Well, I'm actually listening to it. Although I didn't quite get it all listened to before it was, um, I needed to return it on Libby. And so I'm actually, I actually bought the book and I am reading it, which tells you how much I like it. And it's a fascinating story of just this small town aquarium and this mystery of a, well, there are actually multiple mysteries in the book, but it's just really well written and it just drew me in and I have kept listening and then reading. I'm almost finished with it. It does have some language in it, but it is not at all overpowering, I guess I felt. And it is just a well-written story. And so I enjoy kind of really psychoanalyzing the storytelling because I want to become a better storyteller. And so I'm loving it for that. But then also I'm learning a lot about, is it octopi? Is that how you would know? And it is fascinating. I guess that they are very, very smart and have great memories. And also the really interesting thing is that it talks about how this octopus was in this aquarium and it can actually figure out a way to get out of the aquarium and they can be out of water for, I think it's six minutes or something like that. And so this octopus would get out of the aquarium and would go around and collect things that it found on the floor and then bring it back into its cage and had it hidden in these little hidden treasure spots. So what I'm curious is when I get to the end of the book, if it's going to tell that is based upon you know, there's some truth to this. I'm assuming that this is something that an octopus maybe has done before in an aquarium. So I'm very fascinated by that, but just a really interesting story and um, one that I never thought that I would love. So if anyone is listening and you're like, oh, she likes really engaging fiction that is well, um, I was going to say well written, no, that just tells a story really well, draws you into the characters, has great character development. That's what I was looking for. And also is pretty clean. I'd love for your suggestions. You can send them to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. What's saving our life this week is a little different because I don't have a specific product, but it is a baby swing. And if you can believe it, seven children in, And I say seven because I totally count Champ because we have cared for him so much when he was a baby. We have never had a baby swing. And I was at this foster care event the other day. It's this church that they have a foster closet, which is clothes and items for families who are fostering. And they do this open house twice a year and you can go in and get clothes for the next season for your kids. So I went in and they had all of these baby 
items like walkers and uh, bassinets and activity centers and so many different things. And they were like, please, please, are there any of these that you can take? Because we have so many and we just love to get rid of them. And I saw the swing and it was something that you and I, we've talked about it before, but just never wanted to invest the money in one thinking, I don't know, will it work? It's just, it's, you know, a big item. Will it just be something that takes up space? Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's free. This one is in great condition. And I was thinking this would be great for Micah because he seems to like to kind of be rocked back and forth. And although he does not like the car, but he likes mm-hmm. to be rocked back and forth. And I thought it might be something that, you know, sometimes if I need to use my hands for some reason, I can put them in there and keep them quiet. We got home and it was not Micah that was super excited about it, although he does like it and it works well for him. It was Kirsten and Baby D. Uh, and we have discovered that it is a fantastic place to do tube feeds in because um, Baby D was getting really frustrated with having to sit so much. He has five feeds a day. We're trying to back down on the time that they take, but they were taking about an hour. So that's a lot of sitting in one position mm-hmm. um, and not being able to move. And he is a mover. Definitely. He is on the move all the time. So this swing is great because you can put him in the swing and he's moving, but he's staying in one place. And so then he can get his feed and he doesn't really realize because he doesn't quite, it's not like he has something in front of him, all of his other things. It's like an activity center that has like a tray or something in front. So Mm -hmm. this is just where he's strapped in. So he doesn't really realize that he's fully strapped in and he's moving. So it's just been great. I mean, it might only last for three weeks that he loves being in there while he's having his feeds, but three weeks of him loving to be in something while he has his feeds is a huge thing. Well, he loves swings too. We went to the park here the other day and he went crazy with the swings. I had him and Champ in the same swing at the same time. You know, I was looking at the swing and this, there's four holes in this swing. I can put two babies in there. It was one of those baby swings. Yeah. yeah. um, And uh, it was so fun having both of them in there. And he was going crazy and laughing his head off. It was so funny. And then I got a video of it. It was so funny. I got a video of it and I showed it to him later and he started smiling and laughing watching the video. So it's like he recognized himself. It was really fun. That was really cute. So that's what's saving our life this week. Oh, you let, have something Let me else. jump in here. Because oh, I know. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Another huge feeding yes. tube oh. related thing. We had been uh, routinely feeding the bed and the carpet. Our carpet is trash. And wherever that baby D is when he's doing his feed, it, basically the, the connections would disconnect from the bag to the, the extension and It'd be all over the place. And we've tried so many different yeah. things, so many different things and nothing. It just, he would figure out a way to finagle it. So He's that just he so would, active he would, that he would, it would come apart, apart and then, and it's not Steve like it, starts, it, apart. it doesn't start beeping or something when uh-uh. it comes apart. It just pours, you know, starts feeding out wherever it's pulled apart. So I went online and, and just Googling some, cause I had thought, okay, well, what can I take some? some 550 paracord and something like, and, and tie some knots together to, to, you know, slip knots to secure the, the cords. And I'm like, you know, there has to be something out there that does this, you know, that, because we're not the only one that has this problem, bro. You know, 
I would think. Um, and I found this silicone clamp um, on Amazon and it's worked amazing. Yes, it has been a godsend because we were just dealing with so much formula splattered so many places. So and then it's really hard because we've been working very hard for him to gain weight. And so if every single feed, it was coming disconnected multiple times, then you mm-hmm. wouldn't quite know how much came out. So then you're just trying to guesstimate and add that extra in. But it's just, it had been a real source of frustration. And mm-hmm. so um, you thought to, I think, did you end up, you were watching some YouTube videos yep. from other tubey moms who had the exact tube. We have um, the BARD system, which is a very rare system. I guess they stopped making it now, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to move with something now, else. some of those had Mickey systems, but the connections are still the same. Okay. So generally speaking, they, they look very similar and, and they react very similar as well until they just recently, they've changed it. But, but yeah, it's been amazing. So thankful to whoever put that content out there. It's a lifesaver. All right, Jesse. So I said you had a big birthday. You turned 42, uh-huh. which it's kind of crazy because to me, I'm going to be turning 41 soon, so then you will only be a year older than me. But for right now, you're technically two years older than me on paper. You know, that we don't feel old. I mean, we have a newborn or almost, I guess he just turned three months today, so can't quite say he's a newborn, but we have these little kids and so we have to stay young. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was little, people who were in their forties were so old and it's just weird to be at that point in your life and be like, no, no, we're, we're, we're young. But I feel like you have a lot of wisdom and you've walked a lot of different things in your life. Um, we've talked about some of that on the podcast with you being born premature and then, um, you know, your parents' divorce and then, um, losing your mom to cancer and that whole how, how many years was it that she was sick? She, she was sick. It was two, two to three. And just walking through that and then your mm-hmm. own brain tumors. And I mean, marrying me then, that was, you know. <laughs> well, and, you know, thinking about the, with my mom and then the brain tumor. I mean, that was 30 years ago this year. That's crazy. And then all the things that we have walked through together. Um And I was just wondering, you know, as you look back on these 42 years, what do you feel like are maybe two life lessons that you've learned? This is a big question, but that, you know, you want to impart to our kids because we have a senior this year and Mm -hmm. she's looking at colleges and there's a good chance she's going to be moving away at the end of this school year. And so it's this kind of new season of life of, you know, we're sending our kids out. And as you look back on your 42 years, what are a few lessons that you have learned that you want to impart to our kids? And kind of related in a way, thinking in terms of with, with the older kids getting ready to jump, don't be afraid to do hard things. Mm. You know, one of the most impactful things that I heard was our personal growth is right on the outside of our fears. Mm. You know, we need to step through that fear when face that fear and what's on the other side will be amazing because honestly, those fears are oftentimes 
not going to happen and won't won't materialize. They're just holding us back and keeping us from moving forward. And when I say us, I mean me. So as you look back in your life, what would you say? What are some of those fears that you faced? Going to college, going to law school, you know, having that vision. Um, I was very driven when I was in high school. Um, and so much so, I think it was probably um, tunnel focused, <laughs> you know, kind of mixed metaphors. But um, I had a goal that I wanted to do and, and you know, actually going through and following through with it was was a big deal and then um starting my own law practice jumping out the waterless deep but it's very it's very rewarding um working for yourself doing something building something for yourself um trying something new it may not work out uh it might flop it might be a failure but failure is an opportunity for growth you know, really, there's no no such thing as a failure. It's an opportunity. It's all in how you respond to it. Kind of the second lesson I was thinking of was that's kind of tied to that and, and related. I didn't realize you were going to ask me for two things. Um, you're never told to start something new and to, to try something new. Um, this year, I started doing uh, jujitsu within this last calendar year, not calendar year. Yes. It started last, last June, but it's all fresh to me. It was recent after you turned 40, after I turned 40. Yes. And it's, it was, it's been a blast, you know, doing something that I thought I'd, you know, get hurt at. And I did get and have gotten hurt at it, but pushing myself to learn that and be disciplined and learning new skill. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and enjoyable. And what you consider fun and enjoyable is very different than what I consider fun and enjoyable because you come home with all of these bruises on yourself, especially all these little bruises on your Mm -hmm. arm. And I'm thinking, this is what you consider fun? You go and willingly sign up to go have people beat you up? It's an outward manifestation of, you know, you might consider that a failure, but it's, again, it's an opportunity. It's a sign. Well, I don't consider it a failure. I don't consider it a failure. I just consider it weird. (laughs) Because I'm thinking, I would never go sign up to have somebody punch me. I mean, no, you don't punch. I know it's not exactly what they're doing, but with all those bruises, like basically, it looks like you have become a human punching bag. And I'm just thinking, more like a gripping bag. And I said, does it ever get better? Because I thought, well, maybe in the beginning, like your body has to kind of, I don't know, get used to this, but it, I think it continues on every single week. And mm-hmm. haven't you even gotten, in the face, didn't you sort of get a black eye? And then you, you were always having all yeah. these scrapes on your face. And I said, somebody's going to think this is not jujitsu. I have heard that some women that are involved in jujitsu, they, they do have, if they go somewhere, they have to say, Hey, okay, it's, there's nothing going on at home. It's jujitsu. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it's been, yeah. Jujitsu is one of the things it's, it's a weird phenomenon that, you're getting choked out and you have to tell the person to choke harder or, or to move their, their positioning to get a better, a better choke hold. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't have any plans to be signing up to jujitsu in my older age. <laughs> As you look ahead to the future, I mean, I think 40 is kind of like that point where halfway. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. My are you saying on, it's all downhill from here? On my side of the family, <laughs> we have. It feels like we have longevity is mm-hmm. something. Um, but you know, you never know. But they kind of say eighty is what the you know you think of as like where a lot of people are kind of the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, although <laughs> I just heard of a ninety-four-year-old woman who is fostering. She's a foster wow. mom. Um, and so I'm thinking, wow, okay. Um, well, but I, I heard, you heard about that. I was reading something about the oldest, the not the oldest football player, but he was the oldest collegiate football player who was a 55-year-old. No, the oldest collegiate running back was 55 years old. Wow. And he played in 2016. The oldest collegiate football player was 61. He was a punter. Wow. Could you imagine 61 year old man like kicking and Must the, the way good. they had to, he had to been good. Yeah. Flexible. But the, my, and then I just read an article here about a, a 40, no, about 50, like 50, uh, 50 year old guy that just recently went out and joined the football team uh, for his college. He went back to school. They all had eligibility because they'd never gone to school before. So, <laughs> You I know, guess do something new in your old age. I mean, I haven't gone to college, so maybe you, you know could be, you could, I do could it. just go back yeah. and not go back. I could go for the first time and I don't know what sport I'd go out for. But um so as you look to you know the next forty years of your mm. life, what are your goals, your hopes for the next forty years? Mm. That was not something I thought about. Parenting well. I mean, honestly, and, and we're preparing our children for entering the world and mm. on their own and doing it well. Mm. I, that's something I've been thinking about lately with our oldest graduating from high school this year. And what does that look like? And I'm very proud of her and she's very, she's got a very good head on her shoulders. I've been very impressed with some of the decisions she's making and her thought process and going through things and, you know, preparing each one in the exact same way. Well, and I think a lot of where she's at is a result of what you've poured into her. Because I know that you and her have had so many conversations and you're doing the same with Caitlin and with Silas. You spend a lot of time driving them places. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin doesn't have her driver's license yet. She's only 15. You can't get it till you're 16 here in Tennessee. And so because she is now at that age where there's a lot of activities and social things as well as sports things, um, you spend a lot of time in the car and same thing with Silas. And I feel like that you use that time. You have lots of conversations with them just in the, it's not like you're going into each day, like I need to check these things off the list that I need to talk to them. It just naturally kind of living life flows out of Mm -hmm. that time in the car and you just investing in them and asking good questions. And I just really appreciate that because I feel like there are things that I would never think to ask things that I would never think to talk about. Um, And and you do a great job yourself because you have conversations with them that I wouldn't have. So, well, I think we both work together as a team because I'll come to you. It's just, I think it was yesterday, I came to you and said, hey, by the way, did you know this was going down with one of our kids? And I had kind of half of the conversation. And then you, during 
a drive time, you had another part of the conversation mm-hmm. and we together had a part of the conversation. And so, you know, tag teaming together. But I think, you know, most people when they're 42 are not necessarily thinking of, yes, my goal is parenting well. It's more probably <laughs> you're on the back end of mm-hmm. parent, your parenting journey if you have kids and kind of looking toward being an empty nester. And um, I just, you know, not for everybody, but I think that that's more where most people are out of the diapers and sippy cups and car mm-hmm. seat stage um, many times by the time they're 42. And I just appreciate, you know, I was thinking you were talking about how taking risk of jumping and doing hard things and foster care big one was huge. I hear from so many women so often who say, I have this burning desire to sign up for foster care and my husband doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And um, adoption and special needs, mm-hmm. like these are things that God has really changed your heart. And I think, oh, definitely. you know, to see how you have grown and been willing to step out into scary things and say yes, and how God has rewarded that. And I mean, I think, I think somewhere along the lines, we've talked about that when we were back in Kansas, wanting to do you floating the idea of possibly doing foster care that at that point, I think it was just like, Oh, that might be interesting to look into at some point. An adoption. I know an adoption conversations. And I was very resistant on all of them. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I just feel like it's just, I think as you've stepped out in faith, mm-hmm. you know, and I just was thinking of you going, you know, this trajectory of going to law school and you thought that it was going to lead to, oh, you were going to do constitutional law. I mean, I feel like that was your, your, that, your was end, was that was do. your big goal mm-hmm. for yourself and how you had no idea the direction that God was actually preparing you for. Mm-hmm. And I think of, but it was that stepping out in faith to do, to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And that built the courage muscle and the backbone that then allowed you to be willing to step into having your own practice, which then that gave you the courage and the backbone to, you know, some of the risks that you've taken Mm -hmm. now and, and just. Well, and, and honestly, it all builds on each other. Like you mm-hmm. say, it's a strengthening of the muscle because there's, you know, skills that I developed and strengths that I developed while having the practice that have come in handy with foster care mm-hmm. and in our relationships with uh, birth parents mm-hmm. and knowing the processes and, you know, being able to really empathize with people. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And I think, and because of it, we still have relationships with champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I just think of how God was leading and it wasn't the story didn't chapters haven't unfolded like we envisioned mm-hmm. when we first got married and like what your big dreams and goals were. But I think of it's so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like it's so much better than we could have ever written ourselves. And so I just want to encourage those of you who are listening who maybe you're more on the front end. Maybe you're, you know, in the college season, you're just finishing up a degree and you're saying, you know, I think this is where God's leading. You know, just take that next step. He gives you light for the next step. Take that next step in faith. Mm-hmm. If it's scary, if it feels risky, but he's leading you, you can trust him. Jump off that cliff 
and trust him. And you never know where you're going to land. And you never know where that step of faith, maybe it's not jumping. It's taking a tiny little baby step of faith that's going to give you the courage to take the next larger step that maybe then it's this leap of faith. And God's going to use it all to continue to build character and confidence in Him in you. And I'm just so grateful, so grateful for 42 years. Um, I was thinking, you know, we met when we were nine and 10. Mm -hmm. So I have known you for a lot of my life. And I'm just so grateful. And you're still with me. (laughs) (laughs) You're my best friend. And I can't imagine, you know, any other person that I would rather be on this crazy journey that every day is an adventure, sometimes a hard adventure, sometimes a hilarious adventure, but always an adventure. And I'm just grateful to be on it with you. So happy birthday, a little belated, but happy birthday. And thank thank you you for being the podcast show host. That was, I mean, co-host, I guess. Um, That was never another thing that we never envisioned. And we just started telling Mm -hmm. the story and then we just fell into this and it's been something really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So we're grateful for you. I know all of the listeners are grateful for you and I can't wait to see what God's going to do in this next year of your life. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 